Welcome to the Do Life and a Body You Love podcast. I'm Nikki O'Day, and we are going to talk about any and every topic that will get you showing up bigger and bolder in your life. Weight loss, relationships, mindset, it's all on the table. It may not come out real PC, but if you're sick of motivational rah-rah talks that don't lead to any real change in your life, then you're in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, ladies. I want to share with you some of the most common mistakes I see women making when they're trying to lose weight. There's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you are just grinding it out, doing everything that you know how to do, and the scale isn't moving. And there's some common themes that I see either amongst women in my circle who are just kind of telling me the things that they're doing or clients that I'm bringing into my weight loss program and we sit and we evaluate what they're doing. These are the most common things that I see. So I thought, well, if I share these with you guys, maybe there's a couple of tweaks that you can make uh, right now, today, to start moving that scale in the right direction. And some of these things will be very easy to implement. So if you're not already trying to lose weight, you could just grab a couple of these and get yourself started today. Cool? So let's dive in. Number one is grazing or constantly snacking. So there's a very common misconception that you need to eat constantly to fire up your metabolism. And it turns out that while that may have been a great idea, it didn't actually pan out in the research. So it does not increase your metabolism. If it does, there's like one small study that looks like there might have been like a very marginal bump, but it didn't even negate the extra calories that the, um, participants were consuming. So like this is all hogwash. You do not need to eat all the time. Now, of course, eating too infrequently can slow down your metabolism. But like if you're just eating like a normal person, eating a few meals a day, there's no added benefit to you grazing all day long. Um, Snacking was largely invented by the food industry, really. Like All of a sudden, kids need an after-school snack, and you need a between-lunch and between-dinner snack, and all of these things, like, people didn't used to eat like that. Like, this is all just, like, marketing, making us think that we need to be eating all the time, and it's not true. So, I'm not saying that you, like, never snack. You should have some healthy things on hand for if you just really get hungry, Um, but you can overeat even good food. Okay. Um, And when I see people who think that they have to have snacks all the time, in fact, this is like one of the most common questions that I get asked, like, okay, well, if I'm going to eat good, like, what am I going to snack on? And my answer is usually like, well, nothing. (laughs) You don't need to snack. And if you do need one, there are some healthy snack options, of course. Um, But don't feel like you need to be scheduling in snacking Or maybe you're not intentionally even scheduling it in, but you're just doing this like grazing all day thing. You walk past the jar of M&Ms at work and you just mindlessly grab a handful or just whatever's laying around. You're just constantly grabbing food and putting it in your face. Um, This is some low-hanging fruit here, ladies. This is a really easy way to start losing some weight is just getting that in check. So that is number one. Stop all the snacking. And that's sort of an issue of eating too much food, right? So that brings us to number two, which is not eating enough. 
there are plenty of women who I start working with and we actually have to give them back some food because they've been dieting for so long, they have a very sluggish metabolism. And so while overeating is a problem for some, it's usually more of a problem of what you're overeating and you need to just change the things that you're eating and actually have more food, specifically for dieting women. Oftentimes they're not getting adequate amounts of protein and protein is very, very important for weight loss. Um, So if you're not getting enough protein, make sure you add that in. Number three is drinking your calories. So I know this is a tough one for my girls who love pop or juice or what those fancy coffee drinks that cost you like $8, but they taste like a candy bar in a cup and they're amazing and they're caffeinated and they're all the things that we want, right? But here's the deal. Like when you are drinking calories especially sugary calories, which is normally what we're drinking, it's so much worse on your body than if you eat it. Because A, you can consume a lot more faster, right? You can slam half of a pop in like one second, right? And you've just taken in all of that caloric intake way faster than what you could eat it. But the other thing is that even if you take something like a juice, even if it's fresh juice that you like juiced yourself, What you're doing is you're pulling all that sugary water out of that fruit, right? And then you're leaving behind all of the fiber. And that is what would slow down the absorption of that sugar. So when you drink something, it is hitting your bloodstream way, way faster. So this is causing a huge spike in your blood sugar levels, which is going to lead to you crashing. So I know a lot of times we're drinking sugary things in the name of energy. We're doing it because we need to caffeinate. Maybe we don't like plain black coffee. And so we drink these sugary things. It's only going to get you so far because you're going to have a sugar crash anyways. So finding a healthier substitute is going to go a really long way. And drinking sugary things is terrible for our entire body. So it's not just a weight loss issue. It's not even good for your liver. Like there's all kinds of things going on when we drink sugar. Now that's not to say that you can't have fresh carb consuming foods. Those are actually very, very good for you. But when we drink it, it's a whole different ball game. So if you're somebody who likes sweet things, keep an eye on this for a couple of days and see just how much Uh, sugar and calories and all of those things are you getting every day in those drinks and then with the keto craze it turned into okay we'll take the carbs out but just add a bunch of fat add a bunch of heavy cream um, add a bunch of coconut oil mct oil all of those things and it's not that there's like never a place for those things they can be helpful if you're really trying to like kick off ketone production and things like that. But it's super easy to overdo it, even with healthy fats that you're putting in your drinks when you're consuming them on a regular basis. So just getting real with yourself on what you're actually drinking. Try to switch to water, obviously would be the best thing. But if you don't like water, you can infuse it with some like People soak their water in cucumbers or some fruit. It's not going to get that much sugar in it. You're just going to kind of get the flavor of it. Um, And then if you need to do like 
some of those Mio things or those like water flavoring things that are no no calories, no sugar, whatever. Are there things in there that are probably not great for you? Yeah, probably, but it's still better than you drinking pop or drinking a coffee that's laden with fat and sugar and all of these things. Okay, so number four is being too strict with your diet. So this can look like you're not eating enough food like we talked about in number two, or it can be that you're like eliminating foods that you don't need to eliminate. We sort of talked about this on the gut health episode where people will see somebody else have a really great result when they've pulled out a food group. And so then we think, well, that must be healthy for everybody. I'm going to do that too. And here's the reality. So when you eliminate food groups, sometimes the benefit is simply that you're getting less variety in your diet and that causes you to not eat as much. So when we have a good mix of flavors and textures and things like that going on on our plate, it can make us eat more. And food manufacturing companies know this. Like they actually have scientists who study hyperpalability, meaning how do we make these foods taste unnaturally good? Well, it's usually with combining a bunch of textures and flavors. So if you eliminate a whole group of food, you're eliminating a lot of variety, you're eliminating what you can even eat, and you're just naturally going to eat less. So it doesn't mean that that food that you took out was necessary or that that food was bad for you. It's simply that you've limited what you can intake. Now, there are certain groups of people who respond poorly to dairy and pulling it out is going to help them because now they're not going to get that inflammation. That's not actually the majority of people. It is a large group of people, but it's not the majority of people. But dairy tends to be very fattening and calorie-dense food, right? So if you pull dairy out and you used to eat cheese at every single meal, well, you just took out a whole lot of calories. Does it mean that the dairy was bad for you? No, it was just a food that you were over-consuming and then you eliminated it. It doesn't mean that you have like a lactose intolerance issue. You've just limited your intake. Same thing with gluten. There are people who respond poorly to gluten. I have a client that I'm working with right now. By the way, only one client out of all of the women that I'm working with who responds poorly to gluten. She had some very key signs that she would respond poorly to gluten. So it was like, well, let's do an experiment. Let's take it out and see what happens. Boom, she feels like a million bucks. Um, it starts losing weight, all these crazy things happen. That is a very small amount of people. So why do people lose weight when they pull out gluten? Is it because of the gluten? No, it's because they just eliminated a bunch of junk food, right? So meat, vegetables, and fruit, those are all gluten-free foods. And so when you eliminate gluten, if you don't do it in the way where you're just buying processed foods that are gluten-free you're naturally going to lose weight because you just put yourself on a whole food diet, right? It was just eliminating a lot of your junk food choices. It doesn't mean that you needed to take out the gluten. So maybe they could have kept farro, which is a wheat berry that's very good for you, but contains gluten, right? So there's you're, you're taking things out of your diet that you don't necessarily need to take out 
I wanted to point out what the benefit in doing that was, but you could keep all these food groups and eat in a more strategic way and it wouldn't feel as strict and it wouldn't be limiting food groups that do contain beneficial nutrients. Sometimes by the time I start working with somebody, they've eliminated a whole lot of things that are actually very healthy and that they really enjoy. And, they've, and they're not losing weight anymore because the benefit of that just kind of tapered off. Um, and now they're like eating things they don't even like and the scale's not moving. And it's just making it way harder on yourself than it has to be. You can actually start to get some nutritional deficiencies if you're just randomly pulling things out of your diet that you don't need to and trying to live off of like lettuce and kale and like I only eat things that are green it's like well okay you could be eating a lot more things and liking it a lot more and so that's going to be a better long-term plan uh, is keeping as much variety of foods in your diet as you can not being overly strict with things like the name of the game is not torturing yourself into weight loss I know that we think that it is and that things have to be super strict But I promise you, it is much more effective to be less strict with your diet when you're trying to lose weight. Okay, so the fifth mistake that I very commonly see women and men uh, doing when they're trying to lose weight is totally banking on some supplement getting the job done for them. So here's the deal. I love supplements. I take a bunch of supplements. I'm very specific about what I'll take and I'm very strategic with it. But supplements are never going to get the job done for you, at least not in any long-term capacity. So supplements, as the name implies, are meant to supplement a good diet, a good workout plan. They can get you maybe, let's say, a three to five percent benefit on top of what you're already doing, but they can't be the main star of the show. This includes protein shakes, this includes diet pills, this includes whatever teas you're trying to drink, detoxes, like any of this stuff is really not going to get the job done for you. If you do see a benefit, it is likely to be short term if you're not doing the other steps that are required, like dialing in your nutrition, getting a good movement plan in place, making sure that you're managing your stress, getting adequate sleep, having fun. These are all requirements of losing weight. Supplements are not. So I get the appeal. I really do. And it's like, I just need something to get me started, to get me over the hump, to give me some motivation. I need something to give me energy, blah, blah, blah. But really those are like, it's a band-aid for doing the work that we really need to do. And it's really easy to get sucked into all of these stories, right? So we have a friend who keeps posting something on Facebook about, you know, this program or this wrap or this pill or whatever it is and we see their results and we're like okay well clearly it works I need to do this there's so many other factors going on number one I would say well how long has your friend kept the weight off 
because a lot of these before and after stories that we see, they're like somebody did some aggressive diet for three three months while taking this supplement and they did get really good results, they're probably not going to keep it off. Either they stopped doing the diet and they put the weight back on, even if they're still on the supplement, or when they stop taking the supplement and following the diet, they balloon back up because really strict measures almost always lead to rebound weight gain. And things that are suppressing your appetite, for instance, if you're taking a diet pill that makes you just not hungry, uh, that's not teaching you how to eat the right way. It's just making you not hungry. So when you stop taking it, you're just going to put the weight back on. Like nothing changed except for while you weren't eating enough, you were probably decreasing your metabolism and making it more difficult to keep weight off. Do you get where I'm going with this? So I'm not saying that you never add supplements to a good regimen that you're doing. Um, But like, for instance, the women that I work with, we don't even talk supplementation unless they're already on something and they want to know if they should continue or or how it fits into the programming. Um, But it is certainly not a staple. And I would say there's very few times where a supplement should be like the base of what you're doing. So there you have it, ladies. Those are the five most common things I see happening when people are trying to lose weight. We'll recap them real quick. One is grazing or snacking all the time. Two is not eating enough, specifically not eating enough protein. Three is drinking your calories. Four is being too strict or eliminating food groups that you don't need to eliminate. And five is depending on supplementation to carry the workload for you. Um, So there's five things that you can go put into place today to get that scale moving in the right direction. Uh, This week is a fast one for you, but I just wanted to give you guys some actionable things. I know we're halfway through February. Some of you are still going at it with those resolutions. Uh, If you are, you're probably hitting that point in time where it starts to get a little bit frustrating. So I wanted to just jump in here, give you some quick tools to get the ball rolling. Hope that helps and I will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. It is my mission to give women back the confidence that they need to show up bigger in their lives. Right now, the world more than ever needs women who are on fire and living their purpose. If you want to join me in this mission, there's a few things you can do. One, you can share this podcast with the women in your circle. Two, you can join me in my Facebook group, Simplified Fat Loss, or you can subscribe to my newsletter at NikkiOday.com. 